This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, cuz, welcome to the next episode of How Good It Is. And today, we're taking a look at the monkey's last number one hit. How good it is. Hi there, I'm Claude Call, and I'm proud to be amongst you. If you're coming to me from Amazon, please let me know by dropping a hello on the website or however you prefer. Now, I've got some rather chilling trivia for ye today. In 1988, all the members of a classic Motown act avoided dying because they overslept. What group was that? I will have that answer for you near the end of the show. To get into the story of Daydream Believer, we have to start with the song's composer, John Stewart. Stewart was born in 1939, and he grew up in Pasadena and Claremont, California, and graduated from a Catholic school in 1957. By that time, he'd already demonstrated some musical talent and was enamored of acts like Tex Ritter and the Sons of the Pioneers. While still in high school, he put together a band, Johnny Stewart and the Furies, and they got enough local traction in the college and coffeehouse circuit that they were able to produce a regional hit called Rockin' Anna. Now, while the Furies aren't mentioned on the record's label, I can tell you that Stewart isn't the credited writer, so maybe it was one of the other Furies. That credit goes to someone named uh, Isla Haynes, about whom I couldn't find anything other than that composer credit. So, the Furies broke up, probably because they graduated high school, and Stewart joined a group called the Cumberland Three, the other two in that trio being John Montgomery and Gil Robbins. Robbins, who later became a member of the Highwaymen, is also known as the father of actor Tim Robbins. That group released three albums in the style of the Kingston Trio, which was rapidly growing in popularity. Two of those albums were Civil War-era songs, and after that, the band broke up, and Stewart actually joined the Kingston Trio in 1961, after that group's founder, uh, Dave Gard, left. Between 1961 and 1967, the Kingston Trio recorded a dozen albums, and in that span, they took the music into different directions, they added more original material, but they also showcased some newcomer songwriters, such as Tom Paxton and Gordon Lightfoot. As the folk pop era began to fade, the Kingston Trio finally broke up for good in 1967, and Stewart continued to write songs and record music for Capitol Records while touring as a solo artist. Now, Stewart conceived of a trilogy of songs about suburban life. The first song was called Do You Have a Place I Can Hide, and the second was The Ballad of Charlie Fletcher. Of the bluebird as she sings The six o'clock alarm would never ring 
Stewart said in a 2006 interview that he remembered vividly the day he wrote the third song, which became Daydream Believer, because he spent the entire day writing it. You see, part of the song was making him a little bit crazy, specifically the chorus and the phrase, to us, before the words Daydream Believer. He figured it didn't really stand with the song, and because of that, nobody would want to record it. It was so bad, he thought, that he nearly scrapped the song altogether. However, he did hold on to it, and he did try to sell it to other artists, including the Wii Five and Spanky and Our Gang, both of whom said, no thank you. And in fact, he said in that same interview that he would play it during his own shows and get very little reaction from the crowd. So he really thought it wasn't going to go anywhere. But one day at a party at Hoyt Axton's house, he met up with Monkey's producer Chip Douglas, who coincidentally had auditioned for Davy Jones's part. Douglas knew about Stewart's role as a songwriter and asked him if he had anything that the band could record. Stewart played Daydream Believer for him, and Douglas asked for a version of it on cassette. Stewart delivered a tape a day later, and three days after that, he got a call saying that the band wanted to record it. However, they needed to change a lyric. And it wasn't the Tua thing, of course. The change lyric comes in the second verse of the song. The original lyric was, Now you know how funky I can be. However, the label, Cold Gems, wouldn't permit Davy Jones to sing it that way. Instead, they wanted to replace the word funky with the word happy. Stewart argued that the change didn't make any sense to him. However, Chip Douglas said the change is a deal breaker. Now, you might be wondering about the reason behind this, and I remind you that at that time, the word funky didn't generally have the fun definition of being you know, unconventionally stylish, and even funk as a music genre was very, very new at that point. Instead, funky generally meant someone or something was kind of greasy or smelly. So, of course, Coljams wasn't having any of that. They were going to let J.V. Jones sing that. Stewart, not being a complete fool, said he thought about it for a minute and decided, quote, you know what, Happy's working real good for me right now, unquote. To his credit, Stewart conceded that he went to the studio for the recording session. When he heard the playback, he realized this could, in fact, be a hit. He also said the money he made from the song that he was going to throw out pretty much kept him alive all those years. Daydream Believer was recorded by the Monkees during the Pisces, Aquarius, Capricorn, and Jones Limited sessions, but it didn't get used until 1968 when The Birds, The Bees, and The Monkees was released. And this is a track on which all four Monkees appear, by the way. Davy Jones is on lead vocal, of course, but you've also got Michael Nesmith playing the lead guitar, Mickey Dolan's on backup vocals, and Peter Tork playing the piano. In fact, he came up with that opening piano riff that you hear. And if Davy Jones sounds a little irritated, during that opening Seven. bit. What number is this, Chip? 7A. <laughs> okay, no, I mean, don't get excited, man. It's because I'm short, I know. Jones did admit in Eric Lefkowitz's biography of the band that he was, in his own words, pissed off, though he doesn't suggest that it was for any other reason than the fact that the number of takes was starting to climb. In later years, Jones cited it as his favorite monkey song. The orchestra was arranged by jazz trumpeter Shorty Rogers, and if the notes that the horns use leading into the chorus sound familiar, you've got a good ear. First, let's hear the monkey's horns. And 
And now the Beach Boys with guitar. Unfortunately, having led you down this particular rabbit hole, I do have to admit that it's probably a coincidence since I really couldn't find anything that suggests Rogers ever work with the Beach Boys, never mind on Help Me Rhonda. According to uh, Joel Whitburn's book about Billboard's number one hits, Daydream Believer was originally slated to be the B-side of Love Is Only Sleeping. Uh, However, the label discovered that the European masters for Love Is Only Sleeping weren't ready for pressing, but Daydream Believer was. So at the last minute, Daydream Believer became the A-side and Going Down became the B-side. This was bad news for Mike Nesmith, given that he sang lead on Love Is Only Sleeping and wouldn't get another A-side until 1969's Listen to the Band. Not that the label cared what Nesmith thought because they didn't like him or his voice at all. The record was released in the U.S. in October of 1967, and it was at the number one spot on the Billboard Hot 100 by December, a slot it held for four weeks until it was knocked out by the Beatles' Hello Goodbye. It also went to number one in Canada, uh, New Zealand, South Africa, and Ireland, and it was in the top ten in the U.K., Switzerland, Austria, Germany, Belgium, Japan, and Norway. The song was covered by Ann Murray in 1979, where it went to number 12 on the Hot 100 and number 3 on the country chart, and it made it to the Hot 100 a third time in 1986, when a retooled version of The Monkees without Mike Nesmith re-recorded it. And this time around, it peaked at number 79. Ah, let's see what else. Ann Murray re-recorded the song as a duet with Nelly Furtado in 2007. Uh, Olivia Newton-John did the song, among others, for the 2011 movie A Few Best Men, in which she also has a supporting role as the mother of the bride. And here's a recording of note. In 2017, Mickey Dolenz recorded a concert live with the American Metropole Orchestra. The resulting album, called Out of Nowhere, has a bunch of monkey songs on it and a couple of other surprises. It's an import, so the CD or vinyl might cost you a little bit extra. But as of right now, you can listen to it for nothing on Spotify. You recognize that, huh? Don't sing along. It puts me off. I could hide neath the wings of a bluebird as she sings. Six o'clock alone, but never ring. And now it's time to answer today's trivia question. Back on page two, I asked you to name the classic Motown band that avoided disaster because they'd overslept. Well, as it happened, shortly before Christmas in 1988, the Four Tops had just wrapped up a European tour, and their last gig was a recording session for the British TV show Top of the Pops. When the recording session ran long and late, the Tops overslept the next day, which caused them to miss Pan Am Flight 103, which crashed in Lockerbie, Scotland, after a terrorist bomb exploded on board. The group instead left London on a British Airways flight later on. And the story goes that another rock and roller also missed the flight. Public Image Limited singer John Lydon, maybe better known as Johnny Rotten from the Sex Pistols, also reported that he missed the flight because his wife took up too much time packing their bags. 
And that, my friend, is a full lid on yet another episode of How Good It Is. Look, if you've made it this far, you know I'm going to ask you to rate and review the show and maybe share it with a friend who's about to get on a plane. Who knows? Maybe they'll get so distracted by my melodious voice that they miss the flight and then it goes down and then we can say, this podcast has saved lives. No? Okay. If you haven't already, feel free to uh, follow the show on the Twitter machine and the Instagram and at Facebook.com slash, ow, how good it is. And of course, over on howgooditis.com where I toss in a few bits that maybe didn't fit here. Thank you so much for listening and I will talk to you soon. How good it is. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue. All in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound. All with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.